Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Let me, let me declare what God put in my heart right quick. Woo, listen to me. Too many have been waiting on God to do something when God is waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Miss Leslie, put up Ephesians 6.10 for me. You see, God's a mighty warrior. God's a mighty warrior. Well, I'm waiting on that mighty warrior to do something for me. But listen to me. President Eisenhower was a general at one time, but he was a captain in World War I. And when he led his troops through the mustard gas, he walked with a pistol in his hand, and they're crawling on their belly with a rifle, and he said, come on, boys. He John Wayne'd it. Jesus a John Wayne it. He ain't scared of the devil or anything you're facing. But hear me. He doesn't do everything for us. He empowers us to do it. We've got Marines in here. We've got Army men in here. They carried a rifle. They were trained to use it. They didn't give it to their commanding officer to shoot the enemy. God has called you to take his word and go after the enemy and go after the promises. Look at me. Pay attention to me. This is so important for you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might because you're going to need that power to do what He's called you to do. You wonder, well, we're, we're waiting on the Lord to heal us. We're waiting on the Lord to bless us. Oh, Lord, Your will be done. This is the will of God. This is His Word. This is His will. Look at the next verse. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. There is an enemy out there. And if you don't have your armor on, you're going to get beat up. Look at the next verse. For we wrestle not against people, your family, your mother, your father, or, or your boss. You don't wrestle against people. You, not the pastor, not the staff. Not, you don't wrestle against people. You wrestle against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It's time for you to get spiritual. Look at the next verse. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Put your armor on every day. Now, you don't have to physically, but know that you've got it. Look at the next verse. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt with truth. This is the truth. This is your belt. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It was bought and paid for you to be righteous. Verse 15. Having your... Having shod your feet, put your boots of the gospel of peace on. Your boots don't need to come off. Your boots come off when you don't have peace. Next verse. Above all, take the shield of faith. We're talking about faith. Faith is a shield. Look what it does to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Look at their hair this morning. That's fiery darts of the wicked one. Look how they're dressed. Come on. You go to work and you talk about it. That's the fiery darts. Put your shield up. Got my shield up. Glory. The shield of faith. And take the helmet of salvation. Put your salvation. I'm a saved. I'm a child of God. I'm a child. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is your weapon. It's time to go after the devil. Quit waiting on God. God said, we just sang. Come on, hear what we sing. The blood of Jesus backs you. The name of Jesus has been given to you. God's not, God's, God's not going to do it. you got to do it. You're a warrior too. And we're following the mighty warrior. And the, the, you know, the general doesn't fight the battle. He says, go over there and fight it. Go over there and fight it. And where you need to fight first is in here and up here. And go after the things that the... Because listen, you're no good for the kingdom of God if, all, if you're broke up. If you're tore up. You have got to get spiritual. That means quit playing solitaire in church. That means read your Bible every day. That means pray every day. That means take the peace of God, the joy of God, the strength of God, and get overflow and go and pour out. What? How are you today, Miss Becky? Blessed, highly favored, prosperous, and healthy. Blessed, highly favored, prosperous, and healthy. You know what? You didn't feel like it this morning. You was tired when you woke up. But you know what? That's still, she's declaring what God has done in her life, whether she feels like it or not. So here's the other thing the Lord said. There's some stuff going on in your life. Well, I'm dealing with this. You know what? Tell the devil to take his signs down. Tell him to take his signs off your life. Quit looking at the signs. Nobody likes you. Nobody loves you. Well, you know, this, that. I'm sick. I've got this problem. I've got that problem. Take the signs down. Start looking at the signs that God puts up. Come on, look past the, tear the devil signs down and look at God's signs. Are you ready to receive today? All right, if you're sick in your body, lift your hand right now. And I know I'm going to preach on some things today. Maybe you're not ready, but you know what? Today, it's time to start getting ready. Father, we thank you for healing today in the name of Jesus. We thank you for impartation, for manifestation for revelation, for inspiration. From your word being preached today, we give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you to be seated. Bring the lights up for me. Where are all my kids at? Come on up here. Before you go to Children's Church, I want all the kids to come up here right quick. (laughs) Hey, put your toes right here on this line right here. Come on up on the stage. Put your toes on the line. Woo, look at all of them. Have mercy. All right. Hey, give him some room, y'all. Come on, let's love somebody. Look at him. Blocking him out over here. Oh, man. Troy's my man. I'm going to save him for last. Now, I just want to bounce. I want to ask you a quick question. What grade are you in? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. What grade are you in? Fourth. 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 What was that? Fourth. Fourth. Third. Third. I, was, I didn't get to go to kindergarten. It didn't, wasn't even invented when I was little. What, fourth grade. Fourth. First. First. Preschool. preschool. Hey, nothing wrong with preschool. Second. 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 All right. Second. He, he just wants to be like his brother. I want to be like my brother, too. His name's Jesus. Yes, sir. Second. Huh? Second. Fifth. Fifth. Third. Fourth. Fourth. Preschool. Preschool. Yes, sir. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. First. First. I went to first grade one time. What were grade you in? Uh-oh. I'm about to go to kindergarten by the babysitter. Awesome. 
You in preschool? Yes, sir. You know what grade are you in? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. Preschool? No. Twelfth grade? You in college? Okay. Uh, what grade are you in? First grade. <laughs> I knew he'd have something. First grade. What, what, what are you doing, Pastor? What's that now? I'm four. You're four. Awesome. Awesome. It was his birthday. Yeah, he had a birthday yesterday. Four. Awesome. So, so what are you doing? You're on a level of faith somewhere. If I say, why aren't you in the eighth grade? Because he's not. He's in preschool or he's in kindergarten. Nothing wrong with being in preschool or kindergarten. And nothing wrong with being spiritually in kindergarten if you're 60 years old. But you need to be going to the first grade in faith. You need to be going to the next level in faith. That's why we're teaching faith. Because all these kids are on a level. A certain level. Hey, 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 let me ask you, Wyatt. Have they tested you uh, and, and you've had tests? Do they say what grade level you're reading on? No. No? No? Or what, what level of math you're on? You haven't got that. They, they do that test every year to do that. How I many of you know, I remember when my, my son got tested for that. He was like the seventh or eighth grades when they really started doing that. And he, he was reading at a college level in the seventh grade. But his math wasn't there. His math was upper, but it wasn't college level. What am I saying? You can have great faith for healing and no faith at all for God to bless you finances. You can have great faith for finances and no faith at all for healing. You, you can have great faith that God can save good people, but not bad people. God wants to save all people, even children. And the Bible says a child can lead you. And they can give you a word that was like, wow, that's revelation. Are you with me this morning? I'm trying to help you to grow. Recognize what level you're on and say, you know, I want to go to the next level. I want to be spiritual. All right? Let's stretch your hands out towards our kids. Let's bless them. Father, we thank you for the anointing on our children to receive the word of God today in the good soil of their heart. Bless them, Lord God. Bless our teachers anoint them to teach them the word. And Father, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, self, come give me a high five on the way out. Come on. Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Yes, sir. Right there, right there. High five. All right. There we go. There we go. Oh, headbutt. There we go. Hey, sister. Fist bump. All right. Fist bump. All right. Woo! Glory, glory. Are y'all ready? Y'all yes. tell I am, huh? See, we're, we're nonchalant about spiritual things. What does that mean? We just, whatever happens will happen. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. If it happens, well, everything happens for a reason. No? No? Greg joined the army because he wanted to. Huh? I know people that dropped out of school because they wanted to. You hear me? On purpose. On purpose. Build your life around the Word of God. That's what daring faith is about. So we're going to dig in today.
If you don't have the sermon notes, will you lift your hand? Say, hey, I need a sermon note. We're talking about daring to imagine. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things imagined. It says hope for in the King James, but things imagined. Hope is a dream. Hope is an imagination. Matter of fact, the job you're at right now, when it came up for you to apply for that job, you imagined in your mind, I could work there. I think I could work there. What would that look like? They work from 8 to 4 or 7 to 3 or, or they work 12 hours a day, but I could work there. You imagined it in your mind first. Then by faith, you didn't even know you used faith. You went and applied for the job and filled out an application. So to imagine is the ability to think and create in your mind. Your mind. Your mind's the battleground. Renewing the mind. Let me get out. The renewing the mind's a process. Y'all with me? Somebody gave me two car seats. Expensive car seats, I thought. Well, yeah, I'll take them. Went and got them. And they are expensive car seats. They are nice. Because, see, I got grandkids I got to haul around. But they were two years old, and they never had cleaned them, and their twins had eaten all kinds of gooey stuff. But it wasn't gooey when they was eating it, but it is gooey now. And I thought, Lord, how do I take this apart? How do I get these? Because there's hidden snaps and buttons. So I Googled it. I know every one of y'all have Googled. Let's just Google how to fix something. I fixed my dryer by Googling it. You fix your refrigerator, you can Google it and order the part, and it'll show you how to take the part. And it showed me how to unsnap and how to pull these pins out. And I washed them. I hadn't put them back together, but I want to pull up the video and remember because it's been three weeks. And I'm not a car seat specialist. But guess what? That video will help me. The Holy Spirit's called to help you, help you with life. And he'll show you words to that and give you an imagination and dreams because imaginations work, good and bad. One of the things when I was a youth pastor, I found a scripture and I quoted I said, woe to the children who sin a sin, who plan to sin a sin with their imagination to do evil and not good, to have their own plans and not the plan of God. God wants you to have his plan. There's a plan for every one of us. Okay, so swallow that real good. God, God wants you to start the process of renewing your mind, changing your thinking, getting God's imagination. God will lead and guide you, and God will help you, but you've got to get bold. There's three categories in the Bible uh, that talks about Im- to imagine. And look at your sheet there. Some things we shouldn't imagine. Quit it, you know. That's why, that's why if you watch something It'll haunt you. You know, I used to tell the youth, don't kiss an ugly girl or kiss an ugly boy. You'll never forget it. It'll stick in your mind for the rest of your life. And, 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 and because it's stuck. And so, so things not, the Bible teaches not as worry. Don't even quit imagining worry. Worry is the opposite of faith. How about lust? The Bible talks about that. How about revenge? The Bible talks about an evil imagination. Let's talk about revenge just for a second. You are not your brother's keeper. You are not your children's keeper. You are not your spouse's keeper. 
God is your protection. Why do you say that? Because I've seen too many Christians go down there and give the city hall a piece of their mind, go down to the schoolhouse and give the schoolhouse a piece of their mind. I'm not saying you can't say nothing, but it's how you say it. You go being led by God, and it won't be revenge. It'll be what's right, and you'll do it in love. I'm trying to help you this morning because you know what? Little Cindy's going to come up and punch your little boy named Johnny in the nose, and you're going to go down down there. Now you're going to jail. Christian, we're supposed to be Christians. Jesus took it. Teach your kids, control your flesh. Control your flesh. God is your protection. Start praying to that manner. Look at some things that we can't imagine, how great God is. We sing about his love, and it overwhelms us in here, but we really can't fathom how much God loves us. But guess what? As much as God loves you, he loves everybody else that even that don't even know him. And here's the big one, too. Impossible things. Things that you deem impossible. And that's been kind of an underlying theme in a lot of preaching the last two months, that what's impossible with man is possible with God. And I try to throw out things to give your, make your impossible rethink. Like legs growing out. People getting eyes. That's impossible. It's happening. And so what we've got to do is believe God. God can do anything, but God wants to do everything and anything for us. For me, and I have to get in the process to get underneath the Spirit. Huh? But we look back. Well, I don't see nothing. And God ain't never done nothing. And it's, but it's changing your perspective, your imagination. Can you imagine heaven? You've never been there. I haven't either, but I can imagine it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Let your imagination run just for a minute about heaven. The colors. The grass is so green because even when you fertilize your grass, you can pull it apart and it's dead underneath it. But there's nothing dead in heaven. There's no shadows in heaven because the glory of God is everywhere. And see, I've got a shadow going this way. I've got a shadow going that way. I've got shadows. There's shadows of this stand. There's shadows in the back back there. There's no shadows in heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. Let your imagination run with that. And then you have got to turn and read the Word of God and let your imaginations affect what's impossible in your life. Guess what? Well, no, I'll keep going. Some things we should imagine. Put up Philippians 4, 8 for us. Some things we should imagine. We should imagine that finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, what things are good or of a good report, is there any virtue? Is there any praiseworthy? Meditate. Let your imagination run with these things. Because we get Eeyore. Yeah, well, they got blessed, but our God ain't never done nothing for me. I mean, yeah, he got me a birthday present. I know when I open it, it'll probably be broke. They gave me, I know if they give me something, it'll probably be a piece of used hard candy. But that is our attitude with life. Jesus didn't walk with that attitude. 
Come on. If you, if you, that's what's got to change. That's, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Is that what your hope's in? That's what you're going to get. Because imagination works both ways. You are like God when you imagine. He created you to dream. He created you to think big. I got big dreams. I got a big imagination for our church, for this area. I do. What are you dreaming about? I don't dream. It's time to stir it up. It's time to start thinking about the best. Listen, I am not your Savior. Your spouse is not your Savior. Your kids are not your Savior. Put your Savior in the first place and get, let Him give you dreams. See, we dream big things for our kids. We'll, we'll go through hell and high water to get a, a, want them to be blessed. But God wants you to use your faith for them to be blessed. Because you can only go so far. Because if I gave you $100,000, that's going to run out. See, you don't need money. You need to develop your spirit. You don't need healing. You need to develop your spirit. Because everything comes out of your spirit. And your faith comes out of your spirit. Not out of your head. Because your head will talk you out of it. It'll talk you out of it every time. I'm jumping a little ahead, but listen to me. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's part of the reason you're walking around like you are. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Let me, let me say this. Now, I'm going to wait. I, I just... Let's watch the video again. Remember the video last Sunday? Let's watch this video. I now learned this from uh, Joel Osteen. That, that's my man. He be texting me. That's my man. This, God done put some people around me. Show me some stuff. He was telling this story. He said, uh, this man that went to heaven, he was walking with Peter uh, down this aisleway, and it had, was going down this corridor, had a lot of doors on it, and said all these doors had names on it. And he said, uh, Peter, let me ask you something. What's, what's, the, what's all these doors with these names on? He said, don't worry about it. Just go ahead. So he kept walking. And mess around, he saw one of them doors and had his name on it. He said, whoa. He said, hey, Peter, this here ain't got my name on it. <laughs> Something I need to know? He said, man, don't worry about that. You, you here now. Just go on in there and talk to him. See what he did. He said, no, nah, I won't know what's in the door. He said, you sure you won't see what's in the door? He said, yeah. So he opened up the door. It was a warehouse. It had number shelves on it. And then his shelves had nothing but packages. And all the packages had his name on them. And he said, what is all these boxes? He said, that's all of the blessings. All of the things God wanted to ship to you. But number one, you didn't ask him for it. Then number two, you didn't believe you would have it. Then you, you doubted him. And then you, you felt like you wasn't worthy. And so now, all these boxes is up here. Now, the man standing there wishing he had never even been in the room. And I started thinking. I got some dudes that work for me. And I said, I want you to do this graph for me. And that's what I'm finna show you now. See, what you happen is, 
When God sends your package, he only sends it to one street. That's Faith Street. You got to stay in faith. You can't move off of Faith Street. You can't get on Doubted Drive. You can't be over there and start doubting it because your package going to go right on by. You can't lose your faith and get on not meant to be way because your package is going to keep going right on by. Because the package just go to Faith Street. You can get your little feelings hurt. I ain't worthy. Guess what? Your package going to keep going right on by. You have not because you ask not. Then you sit up here and start feeling sorry for yourself. You go over on pity way. Your package keep going right on by. If you stay right on Faith Street, don't ever come off because the blessing is coming. If you wait on it, here it comes. It may not come when you want it, but it on time. But if you get up and you move off of Faith Street, your box going to get sent back to Sunday. And now you're going to have a warehouse with a bunch of boxes with your name on it that you didn't never get. And I don't know about you, but I want everything he got for me. If he got something for me, I need all of mine. Because I don't know about you, but God lay you out, man. God will give you stuff. Man, he done took me places. I ain't never thought I was going to go to. I done seen parts of the world I never even thought I could go to. He done gave me stuff. He done put people in my life. He done put, listen to me. Let, let me, let me, uh, imagination, thinking, dreaming. When I started getting into the word, I had wrong thoughts. Let me tear a couple of them down. One was, I mean, God might do that for some people, but he won't do it for me. God, God, God will do that for preachers, but he won't do it for me. And you say, well, you're a preacher, but I wasn't then. You see, God, didn't, didn't, God developed me in the word, and then I stepped into preaching. You see, even if I quit preaching tomorrow, I'm still going to live by faith. You see, I have to live by faith as a pastor for my life, for myself, for our church. I use my faith in everything that I do. And, and the devil used to say, well, that, well no, that won't work for you because you got, you got sin in your life. Yep, yep, it won't work for me. That's a lie. Listen, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. That if you see it in the Bible where God blessed somebody, healed somebody, did something for somebody, spoke to somebody, led somebody, he wants to do it for you. It's in the Bible because that's an example for you to have it or to do it or to walk in it. That's the dreams you need to be dreaming from the Word of God. And I had to kick that cow over, get out of my life. If God is no respecter of persons, matter of fact, I know pastors that have died sick. I know pastors that are poor. I know pastors that struggle with their marriage. I know pastors because they got to use faith just like we do. They're not above it. They're not special. They're just called to lead people. So is a general. So is a teacher. All of it's a calling, all of it's spiritual. So hear me, God wants to do for you everything that he's done for people in the word of God. The blind men, Lord, 
Lord Jesus, son of David. And Jesus said, what, what do you want from me? He goes, if it's your will, heal me. And a lot of us pray, Lord, if it be thy will. Oh, the will of God be done. The word tells us the will of God. Acts 10, 38, how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went about doing good and healing all. That's you and me. Because he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same yesterday, today. Today, he's the same Jesus that healed them. He's only here in spirit. He's in, he's in you by his spirit. When you got saved, the spirit of God baptized you in the body of Christ. You became a child of God. It's your right to have blessing. It's your right to believe the God to be your reward. God being your reward is better than money. It's better than life. You could have the world with a fence around it, but it doesn't match the presence of God in your life. Well, it doesn't in mind, Pastor. Well, you need to amp up the presence of God and start getting some things out. I heard somebody say, if there's a fly in your cup, there's two ways to get it out. Take a spoon, scoop it out, and throw it away. Or turn it under the faucet and flush it out. Let the Holy Ghost flush out some things in your life, some wrong thinkings while we're going through this. Stinking thinking. <laughs> You've got to change and start believing. So you see, faith starts in hope. And hope comes from the Word of God. But I'm going to give you examples, just natural hope of what it will do. Let's go to number one. Four biblical facts for imagining. Look, it says, it says, my imagination shapes my life. Your imagination shapes your life. If you own a business, start a business. If you work for somebody, you, as I already said that, you imagined you would work there first. All those kids, what grade you in? Kindergarten, first grade. Every one of them at the end of the year start imagining what it's like to be in the next grade. I'm going to, I'm going to be in the third grade. I'm going to move to the next level. I say every day, Lord, I want to go to the next level. I want to go to the next level. I want to go to the next level. I, you never arrive. No. Watch Marilyn Hickey's 86 years old preaching. When I grow up, I'm going to be like her. Hey, yeah, come on. And so we're going from glory to glory in this life. Oh, when we get to heaven, we'll go from glory to glory, but God wants to take you to the next level where you can smile all the time. Pitiful around here. Come on. Imagination. Good or bad, imagination works. Spirit or flesh. Let's talk real quick. Flesh. What does flesh look like? What happens in your body? What happens in your mind? What spirit and what's flesh? Mind and body is flesh. Spirit is God. Y'all ready? I like blueberries and not strawberries. That's my flesh. Nothing wrong with it, but that's my flesh. Now, God may use that to... Uh, Oh, I like blueberries too. Now I've got something in common and I can, I can minister to her because we have something in common. But listen, I'm just giving you exa examples. The Spirit says, love everybody. The flesh says, mm, I don't like them. They stink. Jesus went and sat down with them. 
people that you think stink. Jesus had compassion for them, but your ooh, your flesh goes. Bleh. That's your flesh. Revenge is your flesh. You talk to me like that. That's flesh. That ain't spirit. Because they talk to Jesus like that. You're in good company. See, that's changing your perspective. That's why the Bible says turn the other cheek. Jesus did. Well, you don't know how hard that is. You're going to kill somebody. That's your flesh. Or even, even this, the thought. Just slap them. That's your flesh. It's not God. Learn to judge your flesh in the spirit. Watch the spirit and watch your flesh. And say, you know what? That's the wrong thought. Address it before it goes to the next step where you slap somebody and now you're right here. And Can I have a cup of water in the bar, in, with the bars? You know? Or you slap somebody and they beat you down. Every dog has his day. He may not be that big. Learn that in sports. Anybody can lose on any given day. Anybody can get their behind whipped on any different day, any given day. I'm telling that's flesh, not spirit. Well, I, I, I started serving Jesus. I lost my job. I lost this. My family don't love me anymore. I, the Bible says if you, leave, if you leave houses, brethren, land, God will give you houses, brethren, land, family, and everything. I left Louisiana. One of the hardest things is my kids and my mama. My mama's 74 years old. I use my faith to believe God to take care of my mama. I have to follow the call of God. I call my mama three times a week. She kind of gets tired of me. Checking on your mom, how you doing? Well, I've got company. Call you later. But I can't take care of my mama even if I was there. One day my mama's going to go to heaven, and even if I'm there, she's going to go to heaven. Come on, Lord, and the Lord told me my dad was going to heaven, and I went and was there. Come on. That's the place we want to get to that God's going to tell you everything to come. He'll show you the future and prepare you for it. I even preached his funeral. People come up and said, I want you to preach my funeral. Family did. Who said, well, your doctrine's a little off 20 years ago. You're kind of slipping off on this crazy stuff now. You better, you know, hey. Now they're coming to me. I want you to preach my funeral. Hey, teach me faith. Hey, show me. I, I want to believe God for healing. And they're Baptists. God uses Baptists. God uses Methodists. God uses anybody. God will use Catholic. Come on. Oh. Proverbs 23, 7 in the Amplified. For as a man thinks in his heart, so he is in behavior and he talks about one who manipulates. But listen, what you're thinking in your heart, your imagination. As a man thinks in his heart, that's what he is. I'm no good. God never wants to do anything for me. There, you're not on faith street then, are you? Let's, let's what the next scripture says. In Proverbs 4.23. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. There was a big army base about... 40 miles from where I was at and when I graduated high school and they, people said, man, go, go get that job that's got great benefits. You can retire in, in 20 years and then get another job with them and retire again in 40 years and you'll have a double, double retirement plan coming in. You'll have great benefits. And I said, well, how do you get a job like that? 
And they said, you need to go talk to so-and-so. And I said, I ain't talking to that man. I just want to turn the application in. They didn't need to want me for me. That's pride. But that man was did all the hiring. I'm not going to beg him for a job. Who's he think he is? Imagination going wild, ain't it? Pride. Pride. Be careful. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to get on that. Let me give you some examples of natural imagination. Are you ready? It's not on your list, but you might want to just get the CD or get, get online. Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge. Logic will get you from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere. There's no limit to imagination. The true sign of intelligence is not knowledge, but imagination. That's why you see people that haven't even been to college. My grandfather jumped out of the window in the fifth grade and went to work. And he was a math guru. He could add fractions quicker than you can think. And percentages. Come on. He had a gift. And very smart. I went to him with my homework all the time. And, and I really got in trouble when you had to work it out. He'd just say, what's that? And I'd write it down. Shoot that one down. And then I wouldn't get it right because I didn't show my work. Well, he was my work. Because he was smart in math. And he had no education. You see people running businesses. And there's nothing wrong. Listen to me. I'm not preaching against education. I'm saying imagine yourself. Imagine yourself going to college. Imagine yourself going back to school. My mother-in-law imagined herself going back to school. She graduated at 63 or something like that. And people said, who are y'all here? I said, well, their grandmother's graduating. And it just started spreading. And when she got up and got her diploma, the whole side stood up and cheered for her because she's somebody's grandma. But she dreamed she could do it. You see that all the time. George Bernard Shaw, a songwriter. Imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire. You imagine what you desire. You will have what you imagine. Then you, you create what you will. Michelangelo, when he painted the Sistine Chapel, you know, he painted the top of the church, he had to imagine it in his mind first. He had to see it in his mind before he could put it on the wall or the ceiling. So let me quote real quick. Hebrews 11, 1, 2, and 3. Now faith comes by our now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, listen, said, by faith, God created the worlds. He framed them. He framed them like he had a picture of it in his mind, how he wanted it to be. And he said, and he created it. And then he recreated it. And he said, let there be light and let there be an atmosphere and let there be things. He saw how he wanted it to be. He even saw the devil coming and tempted man. And if they fell, he had a plan. Jesus. Napoleon said, imagination rules the world. Pascal, the painter, said, Imagine, imagination decides everything. William Arthur Ward said, if you can imagine it, you can achieve it. If you can dream it, you can become it. 
I'm just a nothing. I'm just a nobody. Even a bad imagination works. In Genesis eleven six, the Tower of Babel was being built, and people were imagining things. I'm just going to talk about it. They were one language, one accord. One, if we get in one language, one accord, and one agreement and start speaking the same thing as a church, where can we go? This is in the negative. God came down and dispersed them because there's nothing they cannot do when they're in agreement. Good, bad, or ugly. See, I go back to the army. Everybody's got to be in agreement to do what the general says. Because if everybody runs and they didn't tell you, you're stuck out there by yourself. And that's not what, not what the plan was. But guess what? This is the plan of God that to use your faith to, to, to imagine things and to, to grow your faith. And we'll get to it at the last point. Is your imagination needs to be built from the Word of God. And we'll, we'll deal with some of those things. But the Tower of Babel, what they imagine, uh, there's nothing, God said there's nothing to be impossible for them. Let's go to number two. Imagining is essential to live by faith. Hey, can I back up just for a second? Well, you can write that down. Imagining is essential to live by faith. Number one was imagination shapes my life. Look at me. Look at me. Listen right here. Look right here. Look at my eyes. They're not blue. Your life has been shaped. And if you don't like it, change it. Listen, listen. Some things that will shape your life. Maybe you were born with something. You can change it. Maybe your parents set you on the wrong course and shaped your life. You can change it. Maybe you've got, you're carrying a boatload of hurts from your spouse, your past, your, 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 your mother, your father, your job. Some teacher said something to you. One of my favorite Bible scholars is Rick Renner. And he went into this class and the teacher said, there you are, Ricky Renner. He goes, no, that's my daddy. He goes, you just like him. You're stupid, stupid, stupid. He's a Greek scholar. Okay? It didn't stop him. Stupid, stupid, stupid. He shaped his life to what he wanted to be. It doesn't matter what, how old you are, you can shape your life with the Word of God. So let's reshape our lives. Let's get the plan. Number two, imagine, imagining is essential to living by faith or to live by faith. Hebrews 11, 1, and this what it says in the, uh, it says, faith is the confidence that we hope, or for what we hope, for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Okay, use me. I'm believing for 300 consistently. We have busted 300 in this church before. But I want to consistently break 300. That's a goal. That's a dream of mine. And I want to, so what's that going to entail? It's going to entail me pushing you to invite people, us inviting people. If you notice, we have an online presence because we want to reach people. <laughs> Listen to a lady, and she's reaching 20 million people, preaching to them online. Yes. 20 million. Okay, I, I, I said, okay, Lord, I got to get up a little bit here. 
but, but I want 300. So we got to take it in steps. You see, there's a process. If we had 500 people come tomorrow and it could happen, we'd be overwhelmed, wouldn't we? You'd have to move to a new seat. We'd have to break out chairs. Out of the, out of, we can't, we're going to start in 30 minutes. We're getting more chairs out. We got more chairs. But you know what happens when you put out all the chairs? People look around and say, well, ain't very many people here because they're always looking to negative. If I roped off the last four chairs, well, what's the matter? Y'all not believing for others to come in? No, we're just trying to get you closer. You know, but we always think in the negative when we ought to be imagining the best, the greatest. You see, your goal is not for you just to be blessed. Your goal is for you to lead somebody to Jesus. But that's not even in your imagination. Jesus said, go make disciples. We're trying to make it from day to day. I just hope I can eat tomorrow. I hope I get some money to pay my bills. I just, I just want to make, I hope my kids get, you know, I, my kids need help. But God wants us to get to the place where we're a blessing. Where we go doesn't mean you'll be a millionaire. He said you'll be blessed to be a blessing. And you know what? You may not have money to give, but you can have a word to bless somebody. So I'm going to use Patrick as an example. The Holy Spirit just drugged me over there. He was in a restaurant yesterday, and the waitress was waiting on him, and he said, Lord, let me, let me just give me a word for this lady to bless her. Maybe she needs Jesus, I don't know. And two things came to, to his mind, that his grandma, grandmother's sick. And so he's trying to open up a conversation. You just don't walk up and somebody say, your grandma's sick? Huh? <laughs> she had two tattoos on her wrist. What did one of them mean? One of them was her name, Amber. One of them was her name. And the other one stood for Nana, her grandmother. Her Nana, for grandmother. And Patrick looked at him and asked her about her tattoos, and he said, was your grandmother sick? Is your grandmother sick? And she looked at him and said, God, God told me that to t- ask you if your grandmother was sick or about your grandmother. And she began to cry. And she ran to the back. And he's like, oh, boy, maybe I messed up. <laughs> but he followed what God put in his heart. And he wanted to, you know, be a blessing. Have you ever thought about being a blessing to somebody? And she came back and said, now, what are you talking about? God told you. She goes, my grandmother died of Alzheimer's and, and, and I had an experience after her death where, and it was probably angels came and my life I was depressed and my life turned around and, and I started telling people and I had joy and people said there's something different about you and she said my life turned around I got saved when I was little but I was under depression see she was full of something else not the imagination of God Christian can be full of something else and her life changed And she goes, how did you know that? He said, well, the Lord prompted me to ask you. And she goes, where do y'all go to church? And she was two hours away, but she goes, I may come. Because she goes, my husband got saved because of my experience with God. It's a great testimony. But it encouraged her to tell it. Okay, just just throwing that out there. Mm -mm. So, imagining is the essential essential to live by faith. In Genesis 15, 1 through 4, I'm not going to read it, but I want you to hear me. Abraham is the father of faith. He is our example. Abraham, the father of faith. And this is his story. 
And, and see, the Lord came to visit Abraham. I've never had God visit me, but I have with this. He has been real right in these pages. They have come alive. Some things have jumped off the pages at me, and God has shown me his word and that that's for me. And I go, I'll take it. I'll take it. You ever been in the store and you didn't have money, but you know what? I want that. I'll take that. It's not mine yet, but I'm going to get it. And I saw things in the word and seen things in the word, and it's mine. And so God took Abraham and said, you know what? I'm your shield, and I'm your exceeding great reward. I'll take that. Come on, lift your hand and say, that's mine. God's my uh, exceeding reward, and he's my shield. That's right. Look at the next verse. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Then Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me? I'm 80 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm adding in. And see, I go childless. And somebody in my house, my, my, top, my top guy's got a kid, and he's going to be the heir of my family. And look what the Lord tells him. And, and, and the Lord said, will you give me a child? Look in verse 3. And Abraham said, Lord, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. Uh, this one will not be your heir, but the one will come from your own body will be your heir. Yeah, 80. That's impossible. But what did God do? God started working with his imagination. God said, come on, go with me. Clear night out here tonight. Have you ever been seen all the stars? The Lord told Abraham, count them. That's how many kids you're going to have. Messing with his imagination. Looking by, by sight and not by faith, he goes, well, I'm sick. I'm too old to have kids. I can't have kids. I've got cancer. I've got this. I can't have this. I can't have that. But God said, count the stars. Let's start changing your imagination. Because his imagination was, I'm too old. But the Bible says that he learned to walk by faith and not by sight. And he learned to call those things which be not as though they were. And that day God changed his name from father to father of many. So now he's got a vision. He's got an imagination. He's got a, a dream of what he wants. And he's walking around, I'm a father of many. I'm the 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 father of many. How you doing, Peter? I'm the father of many. And Peter says, well, where are your kids at? I don't have them yet. But he's on a journey of faith. Now, he wasn't born again, but he's called the father of faith. Took him 20 years. Now, I tell you, don't quit. Don't quit. How about Joseph? Dreamed a dream in his imagination, and it was a God dream. How about God speaking to Abraham, look at the stars? That's a God dream. Joseph dreamed a dream that all of his brothers would bow down to him, and his brothers got mad. Who do you think you are, punk? You're the next to the baby. Nobody going to bow down to you. You're 15 years old, and I'm 30. You bowing down to you, punk? I know, that's the way brothers talk. Y'all didn't have a brother. It's, you know, it's just the way it is. But I mean, I could call my brother a punk, but nobody else. Yeah. But my, my point is, Joseph dreamed a dream. Are you dreaming? Okay, you're thinking. 
Start dreaming. Open yourself up to have a God dream. Open yourself up to, for God to deal with your imagination, to see yourself better than where you're at. Every day, I get better and better. You know, I'm getting older and older. That don't mean I have to get worse and worse, slower and slower. I can still outrun my kids. Hey, I've been out of outrun them from day one, even when they was 15. My point is, dream a dream. The size of your God determines the size of your goal. Well, I can't see that, bull, yeah. The size of your God determines the size of your dream. Number three, doubt is the enemy of imagination. Doubt, doubt, doubt. Well, I doubt it. I doubt that ever happened for me. James 1, 5 through 7 in the NIV. Before we read that, doubt is a hope killer. Doubt is a dream killer. But James 1, 5, 6 says, When you ask, or if you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, without finding fault. Grab hold of that. I'm not in the fourth grade. I'm in the third grade, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with being in the third grade. I want to go to the fourth grade. There's no fault in me being spiritually in the third grade. There's no fault in, in me fighting for the good fight of faith to get better every day, to live and not die. There's no fault in that. There's no fault in dying. We still win. Smile at somebody. Say, he's talking to you now. You should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We don't ask. Remember the video? Jesus stands at the door and knocks. We don't let him in the living room, but he ain't going in the bedroom. <clears throat> he can't go in the bathroom. It's not clean. We ain't going in the closet because that's where all the junk's at. You know, I got a junk closet just like if you got kids or grandkids, I got a junk closet full of kid stuff, toys. You open the door, beware. I tell you, it's just, just thrown in there, and they dig it out every time. It's part of the treasure hunt. But Jesus wants in every door and every area of your life. I said it to begin with. You can have great faith to see people saved, but not have great faith to God to bless your life. You can have great faith for, for, for finances. Everything you touch may turn to gold. I've met people like that. Could take $5 and turn it into 500 in a month. They just had favor to build and connect people. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you need to start developing. I've seen people that had great, great faith for healing, but nothing for finances. Or great faith for people to get saved, but couldn't believe God to get out of a wet paper bag. You see, develop yourself in every area of life. And, and, and God wants to give you things. Look, look, look at the next, next verse in verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe or have faith. And not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed back and forth. Doubt. Look at Mark 9, 14 through 26. That's a long story. But when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, 
and the scribes disputing with them. Immediately when he saw, when they saw him, all people were greatly amazed and ran to greet Jesus. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who, is a, who has a mute spirit. Kid couldn't talk. He said, Wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they could cast it out, and they could not. But Jesus had empowered them to cast out spirits. Let's just, let's, let's just leave it right there just for a second. They could not. Because every one of us can have faith failures. You can have shipwrecked faith. Everything's going good, and the doctor tells you to give you a bad report, and you just melt. But that may be true, but God's word is, is a higher truth. That's the key that God's word is a higher truth. Because Jesus is fixing to take care of it, and he's no respecter of persons. You know why we don't have spirits manifesting in America? First time they do, we medicate them. Just don't say that. There's not a devil behind every bush. There's two. But there's four angels back there too. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And open his eyes, uh, the prophet said to his servant, and show him, and they were surrounded by angels. Angels are there. You're just not open looking. You're looking at the enemy. You're looking at the signs again. And they were looking at the signs. The disciples, because he fell out and started foaming at the mouth, and they went, ooh. That's scary right there. And it's scary when, when you get a bad report. And a lot of people born with a bad report or get a bad, that's the curse that's in the earth. There's a curse in the earth that we have to fight. Jesus taught about it, that he came to redeem us. Galatians 3.13 says Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law. Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law. Every time you get sick, that's a curse. I come against this curse. I come against this curse in the name of Jesus. I have, I've, 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 I've torn a, a tick ligament in my elbow, and I, I, I spoke to it. took me a month, and I declare the Word of God, and you know I've done it but since, and I learned that I can take a band, but I still speak the Word of God. God is my source. He's my healer. And you know what? If it, if it never gets better, I'm still going to serve Him. But you know what? It's going to get better in the name of Jesus. I stand on the Word. And, and you know what? I don't understand how that works, but I don't have to. We want to understand everything. You can't understand God. Just believe in Him. Just do what His Word says. Quit trying to figure Him out. Well, I tried to figure that out. I tried to figure that out one time, and I just don't believe that. Okay, let's finish this story. And he answered him, Jesus answered and said, O faithless generation, how long should I be with you and show you how to do this? And how long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. Look at the next verse. Then he brought him to him. And when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell to the ground and waddled and foamed at the mouth. The same thing he did to the disciples and it didn't faze Jesus. You know what? If something yanks my chain or, and fear starts wanting to grab my heart, you know what I do? Hey, Pastor so-and-so, I need you to pray for me right now. I need you to encourage me. I want somebody with some faith to impart into me, to run the doubt off that's in my heart. Huh? 
well, you know, I, I, I got more faith than that, Pastor. No, you don't. That's the problem. You think you're something that you're not. Nothing wrong with that. We all need one another. We need one another. I, I pray with Miss Shirley. She prays with me. I pray with Miss Becky. She prays with me. I pray with my wife. We agree. Come on, there's power in agreement, and it's encouraging to one another. When, when, you know, when my wife and I first got married, we'd been married a year. We had a two-month-old baby girl right over there, and we felt like we needed to move an hour and a half away from our babysitters, which was our family. And they were mad. Knew they was going to be, but we had to move. And, the, and we went and got counsel, and, and we got in the car and looked at each other and said, that's the Lord. We're supposed to move. And we were. And that whole next week, she's like, I don't know. I said, yes, sir, God is for us. We're going to make this. That was a God thing. And then the next week, I'm, I'm looking at her like, I don't know. We're going we to move away from everybody. And she goes, nope, <laughs> you already said we are. We're moving. We encourage one another. And just because you doubt for a second or two, you'll have a moment. Just get back in the faith. And Jesus said, and look in the next verse. And when he asked his father, how long has this been happening? He said, from a child. Verse 22. And how often he, th- and he said, often he's been thrown in both the fire and the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us. You know, it, it's amazing to me that the devil would come in somebody, and that's the only way he can manifest. Because you don't read in the newspaper where the devil went down to 7-Eleven and shot somebody. No. If somebody shot somebody, but the devil was in them. Okay. If you ever want to kill yourself, that's the devil telling you that. It's not you. It's not God. Come on. That's, that's the devil. But how stupid the devil is, he tries to kill the person that he's in. It's the only way he can manifest. You know the only way God really manifests in the earth? Is you letting him live through you. Oh, yeah, sure, God can show up and gee, you can have a vision of Jesus. But you know what? I look at you and see Jesus. I see the power of God in your life. Most of the time, you don't recognize it. Because I was just me, Pastor Britt. No, you're not. You're a child of God. And the greater one lives in you. Look at the next verse. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And what did the man say? Immediately, the father and child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. There's nothing wrong with it than God, help me with my doubt. Help me with my doubt. And he'll stir up words, scriptures. I've seen God stir up scriptures in people that hadn't been in church in 10 years, but they had the word when they were a kid, and God stirred the word up in them. He'll stir the word up in you. In verse 25, we'll finish at 26. When Jesus saw the people come running, he rebuked the unclean spirit. Deaf and dumb spirit come. I command you to come out and enter him no more. Verse 26. And the spirit cried and convulsed greatly, and he came out, uh, and he became as one as dead. Oh, it's over. He died. You killed him, Jesus. That's exactly what your mind will go to because you're walking by sight and not by faith. And Jesus yanked, in verse 27, Jesus picked him up and said, Arise, and the boy was free. I'm just, I'm teaching that to show you that doubt can come in, but Jesus will help you with your doubts. So here's what you've got to do, is face your doubts. 
Doubt your doubts. Brother Jesse preached that. You need to doubt your doubts. I don't know if that happened. Well, I doubt it. I believe God can do anything. So you change it. Believe your beliefs. Believe what you believe. You know how to help you believe? Changing what you say. If you say it enough, you'll believe it. I'm no good. My teacher told me I was no good. My mama said I was no good. My grandma said, well, God said you're, you're great. And I'm going to say it one more time. You don't have to understand something to walk in faith. Let me get, okay, here's your example. How many of y'all came in a car or some kind of vehicle? When you got in that car, were you worried about the spark plugs firing off? How many of you know that there was no spark plugs in a car? You know, some of you don't even know about spark plugs. You don't even understand how a combustible engine works. But those who do know how a combustible engine works, you need to be studying the Word of God the same way. If you can work on an engine, how come you can't use the Word of God and by faith in your life? And for those who don't know how it works, then start, you get in the Word and start believing the Word. Because that engine fires up and ran and brought you to church and you don't understand how it worked. Every intricate detail of a transmission, well, you know what? If I had to work on a transmission, I could Google it. When I have a problem in my life, I can Google it. Right here. The Word of God's the answer. The Word of God's the answer. Let's go to number four. Y'all ready? Let God's Spirit and Word fuel my imagination. The Holy Spirit would give you dreams that you couldn't even imagine. He'll show you things and take you places that you didn't know you wanted to go. So you could see and have a vision of greater, of bigger, of awesome. I watched a video of, of, of 20, 30,000 people in an arena worshiping Jesus. Wow. I've been in where 7,000 people. I've been in an audience where 7,000 people worshiping Jesus. It's awesome. It's what heaven's going to be like. You ever been in a, a football stadium, baseball stadium, where everybody roared when somebody scored a touchdown? <sighs> Let me do this. <sighs> it's just deafening. That's the way the praise is in heaven. Oh, we want to be solemn and hear the voice. Yeah, there's times to be quiet. But in heaven, it ain't always quiet. Matter of fact, it's about 30 minutes of silence is all we know about's in heaven, silence. Rather than that, it's people like, glory to God, and everybody goes, glory to God. <laughs> Just like a wave. Okay, all right, we'll keep going. So how do you let the word, John 14, 16 through 17 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper who will be with you forever. That helper is the spirit of truth. You know him because he lives in you and be in you. The Holy Spirit's your helper. Let him give you some dreams. Let him give you some things to go after. Psalms 119, 18, open my eyes to see your wonderful truths in your instructions. The wonderful truths in your instructions, in the word. Open my eyes. Have you looked at the word and started reading it by faith instead of it as a story? And reading it that God wants to do that for you? That God wants to take you out of Egypt and take you to a promised land? That God wants you to be blessed, to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Yes. Blessed in the city, yes. blessed in the field. No matter where you go, you're going to be blessed. Yes. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. I, I take that. Yes. I used to drive to work every day and say, I'm blessed coming in. Because you know what? I went everywhere. I went in the city. I went in the field. 
I finally told my boss, I said, I'm tired of people in the field making fun of me wearing a tie. He said, well, when you're going in the field, wear blue jeans and boots. I said, hallelujah. Got in agreement with me. Because I'd wear a tie into a paper mill and all them guys in a hard hat, and I got a hard hat and a tie on and dress shoes. And I said, and they go, hey, man, what are you doing them clothes on? They ragging me. Didn't bother me, but they received from me better wearing cowboy boots and blue jeans. Wisdom. Got to tell you to do certain things. To reach people, even for your business. Well, I don't have a business. Well, maybe you need to start dreaming. Maybe you need to start thinking a little bigger. That's all right. I mean, you don't, not everybody's supposed to have a business, but you know what? Some do. Maybe you can do a side business. Okay. All right, all right. What are we at? Psalms. 119 and 27, help me understanding the meaning of your commandments, and I will imagine or meditate on your wonderful deeds. Another translation says wonderful miracles. Because you know what? It may be a miracle for you to start a business in your mind. Look at Matthew 4 4. I'm just going to read these real quick because this is a key. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's, man should not, let's say it like this, man should not live like, like his father did or his mother did or his grandfather did, but let's break it and let's live by the word of God. I broke it. I broke it. I didn't, I, I was tired of barely little get along street and, barely, you know, uh, uh, living by my pride. If I can't get it with my hands, then I don't need it. But God said, he wants, you to, he wants me to have more so I could do more. He wanted me to have the word so I could share the word. He wanted me to live the word so other people would want to live the word. Amen. Yeah. Then he took me and put me in children's church. Lord, this is a curse, Lord. <laughs> but nobody else would do it. I said, I'll do it. I won't do anything for God. I'll do it. We need somebody to fix these commodes. I'll do it. We need somebody to paint this room. I'll do it. I did it. I did it all. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then said, well, the youth pastor's left going to another church. I'll do it. Did I feel called to the children? No. Did I feel called to youth? No. But I was a youth pastor for 20, 20 years. And I had fun with it. God knew it was in me. My point is, start walking towards what, the, what you can imagine, what you can dream. Ask God to give you a dream. What he wants you to do. He may not quit your job. Matter of fact, ask God and start walking and planning the plan. Let me read these right quick. Joshua 1 8, write this down. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate or imagine it day and night, that you will observe to do according to all that is written in it, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You want to be successful? Start imagining the word of God is for you. This was written just for you. It was written for me. It was written for you. Jesus would have died just for you. That's how powerful it is. Psalms 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, my strength and my redeemer. That means quit meditating on sin. Quit meditating on revenge. Quit meditating on wrong. And start meditating on things that are right. Last one, Psalm 77, 12. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. 
Talking about God. Talking about God. Last thing I want to say, and this is going to cut. You talk about what you love the most. If you're talking about your problems, you really love them. If you talk about God, you really love them. If you talk about all your kids and nothing else, that's who you love. But you got to start talking about God. He's the one that'll change you. He's the one that'll help you. He's your strength, your shield. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. He's the one who directs our path when we let him. It's called being led by the Spirit. He's the one who makes us righteous, who makes us holy. He makes us victorious. He makes us an overcomer. He's the one who loves us. He loves you more than your kids. He loves you more than your spouse. He loves you more than your mama. Start talking about him. Every day, talk to him and talk about him. And here's another key. Listen to him. He doesn't speak negative. He always encourages. Won't you stand to your feet? This is the last thing. And this is missing. This may be missing, and this is what the Lord says missing in some of your life. He's chosen you. God's chosen you to live by faith. He's chosen you to be his child. You didn't receive him first. He chose you first. See, the Spirit of God spoke to your heart that you need to give your life. He chose you and started speaking to you to give your life to Jesus. And you made the decision, but he talked to you first. He chose you. I always pick at my wife and say, she chose me first. She, she said, and you know, but I mess with it. But Jesus chose us first. He chose you. And quit looking at your problems and glorifying your problems. And let's start glorifying God and asking God to do something in our lives. You see, you're, you're, not, a, you're not a drug addict. You're not a sinner. Uh, you, you, God wants you to be saved. You're, you're not a, a, a sick person. You're, you're blessed by God. You know, you're not, you're not gay. You're, you're God's. Come on. God chose you to be his child. And he does say, come out from among them and be ye separate. And salvation is free, but you'll have to give up some of your things that you love to do some things that God loves, and he'll put that love in you. You say, you know what? I don't don't do that anymore. I don't want to do things for God. To prove my love? No. To pay him back? No, I can't earn it. I just want to do it because he wants me to do it. But I have to submit to it. Patrick asked that lady, what's on your wrist? Or what? And he, had, he wanted to, to bless her. And Brittany was sitting there. It wasn't a male-female thing, but that's where your mind goes. What you trying to do, messing with that girl? No. No, see, get, get out. Change your thinking. And, and so my point is, we don't ever ask, so we never get. Even things like that. We never ask God, lead me to somebody. Somebody this week's hungry for Jesus. Maybe I don't know everything, but first thing is, man, I have a great church. But you know what? After you start, the Spirit of God will start telling you, you know, tell them that I love them so much that I sent Jesus just for them. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you know that, you can get anybody saved. God chose you. Bow your heads. Maybe you're here today, and you haven't given Jesus 
your whole life. He chose you to follow him. What made the disciples just stop what they were doing? And he said, come and follow me. He's asking you to come and follow him, to live for him, to live after him. Have you given your heart to him? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? And is he your king? If he's not your king today, will you raise your hand and say, Pastor Brad, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and king today. I want to accept him. Come on, lift your hand. I, I know the Lord's talking to some. I see your hand. Anybody else? You say, my man, what, what are people going to think? <laughs> That's the enemy. Because our imagination for you is to be that child of God. Everybody in this church loves people. And they want people to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Come on, there's one more. Will you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me, Pastor Brett. Maybe you're here and you go, you know, I got saved a long time ago. And I did accept Jesus. I believe I'm saved. But I haven't been living for him. I want to change my words and change my life and, and learn to be an encourager and learn to be encouraged by God. If that's you, lift your hand. Say, today's my day to start. I see your hands. I see your hands. Anybody else? I see your hands. Come on, on purpose, you start. On purpose. You know what? You know, and I, I know what it is to grow up in a, in a place and that says, well, if God wants you to have it, he'll just give it to you if it's his will. But there's so many things in the Word. Even Joshua said, "Is for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We're making a decision. See, that's the decision. When you raise your hand, you're making a decision. I'm going to do what God wants. If that's you making that decision today, raise your hand. Yeah, I see him. I see him. I see him. Because let God, let the fire of God. Start asking God for to be a fire in your spirit and a fire in your belly. Ask the Holy Spirit to stir you every day. To make himself real. Because he speaks just like he spoke to Patrick about that lady he'll speak to you the same way God's not a respecter of persons that means he doesn't favor one over another he said all may prophesy all may receive Jesus all will come all he wants all to come to repentance all but what God really wants is you to start dreaming that's this message is for you to start dreaming of bigger and better and greater for your life Instead of being a place where you don't have enough and can't do enough, God wants you to take you to a place where you can just bless somebody and tell them how you got it. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.